0: And welcome. Dr. Laura here, recording solo today. Dr. Jenny and I could not get together due to holiday craziness. School parties, school performances, work parties, shopping, etc., etc. Oh, the joy of the holidays! Um, But we hope everyone's having a wonderful holiday season. We certainly are. I wanted to just take a few minutes to introduce this episode. It's a good one, lots of great information, fun topics that we are diving into. And this is an episode that we are pulling from the vault, it's a hidden episode. I hid it from myself, (laughs) actually uh, misplaced the file and just found it. So it really came in handy for today. So I hope everyone enjoys this episode today and we will be coming back at you next week. Happy holidays. What do a dentist and a gynecologist have in common beyond our lips? podcast where best friends and practicing
1: doctor moms use their gift of gab and professional passions to entertain
0: educate and inspire
1: okay so tell me about trying to be a stay-at-home mom today
0: okay today has been my stay-at-home mom slash work interfered with my great plans day so everything was going great woke up excited had my coffee i drop off the kids and I'm home free for like the whole day. So I get to the gym I'm working out, I'm reading my brain's going it's, it's just, I'm getting to that good, good Zen zone. Friday feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I get a text and it says, Dr. Gaxiola I'm sorry. And I know that this is not going to be good or even oh. well for anyone.
1: Just starting a conversation with I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. It's mm-hmm. never
0: good. So I get off the treadmill I go and i open it up, and long story short, someone that I had hired who was supposed to start on Monday says she cannot leave her old boss, and she's sorry, and the old me would have been like, oh, that's okay, I understand, but the new me was like, wow, I really wish you had told me this two weeks ago, you know, or a week ago, so I didn't have a whole lot of sympathy, but it Mm -hmm. changed my plans a little bit, and I was stomping around the gym, looking like I wanted to kill somebody <laughs> Yeah so it was not great. Then I had to go from there to doing junior achievement which is a something where I have to teach first graders about being a business owner which was a bit ironic. Because today's lesson was about entrepreneurs and starting businesses and hiring people.
1: What do first graders care about business ownership?
0: Well, that is a fantastic question. And I really couldn't tell you because I think it's a little bizarre to teach them those kind of things. And obviously they really don't care. I
1: feel like they'd be super connected.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They're like, um, (laughs) when's lunch? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, um, Lou Jane's mom, um, one time my (laughs) grandma mother and then that story takes forever to end um yes so so how did you feel when you were in the school okay so you did first grade talk about owning your own business owning your own business which was something that was definitely presently really taking up a lot of my mental capacity also Mm -hmm. so I I think I ended up kind of losing control of the first graders because my mind was really not fully on that situation and so let's see we had two well I had one for sure that cried two that I think borderline cried at some about point. your
1: talk about dentistry
0: I don't and know owning your own business this, they started crying well and if they knew what I'd been going through in the morning then they probably would there is a good reason for them to be crying but no I think just because they're first graders and I think like one of them someone hurt Another one's feelings. And then I think one of them may have been upset because I didn't call on her. And then I have no idea. But somebody cries pretty much every time I go in there. It's really strange. But it's usually my daughter crying over something. And I don't really know. I think that's her way of, like, she's excited that I'm there. And she gets, like, emotional. And so she gets vulnerable. And then she cries about something. So the first time she didn't cry, two of her classmates cried. So anyway, then I went home. did some more of my work stuff. I'm trying to get, like, post the job, you know, and all these different things, talking to my other employees. And it was time for me to go back to the school. So that was to volunteer for my third grader who's doing his Pioneer Days project, which is really, I have to say, it's really cute. Like, everybody has on bonnets and long dresses, and the boys have on suspenders, which he complained about. But then when he got there and all his friends had suspenders, it was just like a big suspender party. But anyway, walked around with him to all his little different things and we were playing we were in one room where they were playing the Oregon Trail card game. That is cute. Which is a thing. And it was very cute. And I look over at him, third grade now, you know, and he's crying. What? And I'm like, What is it with the crying? Why is he crying? If anybody should be crying, it should be me. But um he got bit by a snake and died on the oregon trail Ugh. like two cards in or something oh. and i was trying to tell him like yeah we all died of dysentery like right. that's what everybody dies you... of
1: dysentery <laughs> right. in the oregon trail
0: exactly like
1: that is the game so the fact
0: that he got like bit by a snake was actually a unique way to bite it i didn't even know that was a thing on yeah. the oregon trail How but it's name? like an immediate death You know, and so here's his friends all in the game, and he dies immediately. And, you know, it's back to that thing that we talked about about board games and how it's a special form of torture because, like, they can't handle losing or, you know, they get mad at each other. They think somebody's cheated, whatever. Well, you... You would think that might be different in a situation like this, and this game is truly meaningless. I mean, it was just supposed to be a fun thing, and he's crying. So I'm like, okay, if another person cries in front of me today, then I I may just lose it myself. Yeah, you might.
1: You know, when I went to Mystery Reader, the last time I did that was two years ago, and I was pregnant, and I couldn't get through the children's book. I started crying. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? elementary schools that make people I, well you're pregnant and you're reading some <laughs> sweet book that like turns on you at the end with something sentimental and i got to it and i looked at the page and my eyes welled up and thank heavens mitch was with me and i looked at him and i'm like I can't. and he takes the book and finishes reading while i wipe tears off my face and my pregnant self in front of all these kindergartners who were just i don't even think they recognized that i was having a moment but totally having a moment
0: it's kind of tough because like I've done the mystery reader thing and like you're reading or you're talking to the and they're all just looking at you you know it's almost like we've talked about before too about public speaking and that is terrifying but I think it's almost more terrifying to speak to children because like their little faces are so expectant and it's just like it's very scary so I can see why but that's hilarious that oh, you had like an emotional a total
1: come apart during, during the book reader. it was
0: <laughs> you're like let me tell you about what it is to be pregnant dramatizing you know like I gotta leave here
1: and they're so sweet it was all their little faces and the moment.
0: I know oh, right so right that's it true it, it is like a it is like an actual moment in time that you feel it's framed and so it, it like it's one of those moments where you have like you you get that real you know, like you see on movies yeah. and like in your Ugh. brain, they've all, like they've all graduated and like the song is playing Ugh. in the background, like friends forever is like playing in the background. Oh. <laughs> it's like We're like trained friends to cry.
1: Okay. Oh, have
0: I talked about how I've got to do a graduation speech? A little bit, but not much. I feel like I've talked to everyone about yeah. how I have
1: to do a graduation. Speech.
0: I think we talked about the fact that you were considering copying and pasting it.
1: That is always a possibility of Googling <laughs> a table. bunch and um, merging them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you want to have like a point.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but that's ideal. I mean, you could get up there and ramble.
1: Right now, I am um, surveying all the 18 year olds who come to my office.
0: Oh, hey, you're graduating tell me
1: what but- would you want someone at your graduation to talk about nice. and universally so far it's like they want something warm and fuzzy and not scary like they've all been like I would like for you to talk about something happy and not about fulfilling potential right now because it feels <laughs> so much pressure like you can oh. tell they are more interested in hearing like hope for their future times and not the finality of it all. I think Mm -hmm. every person who is like 16 to 28 are terrified of, like there's a place that they're supposed
0: to be getting and then they're just going to be there. Right, which it is terrifying. I mean, we're there and I mean, there are some things that are terrifying about it. Yeah, but that's good. They're giving you some good
1: advice. Really, because I think I would have come in there talking about like achieving goals, but when you don't really know what your goal is, Mm -hmm. then that whole talk is a, Irrelevant. I want to
0: feel like, how do I be good right now and sustain that? Are you going to tell them about your story and like how you've become who you are?
1: I don't know. I thought about that as a time fill. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you about me because that's what I know the most about. I kind of wish that I could take a chair and the setup and feel more not in front of them because I feel like as soon as I say, Hello? Like, my heart's going to beat 1,400 miles a minute. I'm going to sound inauthentic. My Mm -hmm. knees will be knocking, and Mm -hmm. I'll just be trying to get through what I'm getting through. Yeah. I wish it was more conversational, because I feel like I'm way better that way.
0: Well, you just need to think of it that way. I know. Just think that you're just hanging out with a a couple hundred of your best friends that are 17. (laughs) That sounds fun. (laughs) If I could just think of them all as my patients. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That cool. is something interesting. Is that you and I talk to people all day long, but that's like in our context, under right. our roof, yeah. like all kind of on our turn, bringing you into my house. Yes.
1: You are vulnerable. I am not. Yes. Right. And now I'm going to talk to you. Versus, it literally you're just there to entertain them for a few minutes. Yeah. Do you remember who spoke at your graduation? Not in the slightest. Either. So like. Totally, like I am really irrelevant. They just want to hit up whatever party's happening after this, and this is just the stepping stone to getting there. (laughs) True. So really, I'm more nervous about all
0: the adults that are sitting around, Uh, right? Hearing you talk yeah kind of like you get intimidated by teachers like I get intimidated by the teachers for some reason too when I go into the elementary school so like the greatest thing about the junior achievement thing is that the teacher leaves the room but yeah it it kind of is sort of the adults that you start to feel really self-conscious in front of you
1: want to entertain them too and if I could just articulate all the thoughts that sometimes swirl in my head it would be amazing
0: well they probably don't want to hear about lady parts and such well, Which is the other thing you know really a lot some about. There's guys
1: in the class. Maybe <laughs> super just. Who <laughs> tell.
0: Maybe they do want to well, hear about lady parts. Come on, I'll just talk about lady parts. <laughs> well, I want to hear about lady parts.
1: What do you want to know about them? Oh, I had a fun topic that we should talk about um, because it'll be upon us before we know it.
0: Don't say menopause.
1: Oh, well, in relation to menopause... <sighs> perimenopause we're almost there in the ages between 45 to 55 everything's gonna get a little haywire it's gonna get a little wonky
0: i mean it's it feels a little haywire and wonky now mm. and i'm in my mid-30s yeah Mm-mm. hold on <laughs> oh no it's gotta get better No, perimenopause is the whole time
1: surrounding menopause and if you don't know what menopause is it's a whole year without your menstrual cycle amen Absence of menstrual cycle, excellent idea. Having to go through a crazy emotional imbalance, not to achieve that shining moment
0: exactly the best thing in the world can we take a tangent really quick yeah because that reminds do it. me when you talked about absence of menstrual cycles of yep. uh, ablation oh, because i feel I like a lot it. of people around our age may be in that stage An right
1: endometrial now. ablation is a wonderful procedure for a lot of people um it comes around for lots of people in the perimenopausal so it's all together oh perfect together. i knew i so some sense. people innately just have really long heavy periods And those are very annoying and frustrating. Some people develop really long and heavy cycles in their 30s, 40s, that sort of era. Given that you have an ultrasound that looks normal, so you don't have anything haywire, there's no cancer growing somewhere or growths or polyps or fibroids that need to be tackled. If you just have a normal old uterus and it bleeds too much, and ablations ablation is a procedure where you burn the lining of the uterus in order to scar it so that you then don't have cycles. So fun facts about ablations. One, they are short. Depending on your doctor, some may do it in the clinic, some may do it as an outpatient surgical procedure in the hospital. They are not there to guarantee no cycles. However, a lot of people will not have menstrual cycles after. But some people will just have lighter cycles, which is also a good thing. Minimal risk. Um, it will also allow you to avoid having to take hormones or birth control pills to try to control those cycles so for some people they're just tired of doing their normal thing pill popping every day trying to control things and they just want a more you know semi-permanent procedure if you're a little bit older then you could have an endometrial ablation and potentially that um lack of cycle or very light cycle could last you into menopause and then you don't have to worry about anything else Of course, there are surgical risks that you are undergoing to do it, which are different from, you know, just taking a birth control pill or even using an IUD for bleeding control. So you have to kind of take that into account. And most of the time, your doctor is going to have you do a fun endometrial biopsy in the office before that procedure actually happens, uh, just to guarantee your safety with the cells inside. So
0: I give them a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Ablation, a good thing. Okay, so if you're on birth control pills as your birth control correct and you decide to do an ablation you'd want to have a reason
1: to want a surgical procedure like heavy periods so if your birth control controls your heavy periods that's cool but you can still choose to do an ablation because you're like no when I'm not on birth control they're really heavy and it's choosing a non-hormonal form of management for your heavy bleeding
0: would you still need to be on birth control for birth
1: control oh you just baited me (laughs) I didn't know you exactly cannot get pregnant it. after an endometrial ablation when I say cannot should not are the terms I should be using okay. so most ablations are performed concurrently with a tubal getting your tubes tied or if your husband's had the snip snip you're mm-hmm. a perfect candidate or your long term partner you know is permanently sterile that's a great plan. If you were to get pregnant after having an endometrial ablation, you're at a very high risk to have a miscarriage or problems, severe problems in that pregnancy, so we don't recommend it.
0: So you can get pregnant after you've had one? Potentially, yes. Yes. It's not touching your tubes
1: and it's not touching your ovaries, which is also a question I get with people where they're like, I'm still teary. Your hormones are still going to fluctuate because we didn't touch your ovaries, which we don't necessarily want to. But if the birth control pills were controlling – Your emotions Mm -hmm. during the month, that's going to go away. There's always pluses and minuses with everything.
0: Okay. I've always Mm -hmm. wondered about that. So back to perimenopause.
1: Perimenopause. (laughs) So exciting. Okay. So what's going to happen in perimenopause? Your periods are going to get real funny in that they could either be shorter or a shorter space between them or a longer space between them. They might be surprisingly way heavier than they've been before. You might feel more emotional than you have before. Mm-hmm. You might occasionally experience some hot flashes and night sweats, not to the degree you will later. But you can go ahead and start doing that sometimes. Sometimes people have uh, changes in their skin or adult onset acne around that time. People may notice, like, drier down in the lady part. Women, especially in postmenopause, will get less hair on their scalp. And more hair in places they may not prefer, like chin, lip. Oh, ears. Pleasant. You know. Yeah, it
0: sounds great. Sounds pleasant. Um,
1: and your metabolism might slow it on up a little bit. So we have to pay attention to that during okay. the perimenopausal time as
0: well. So it's like preparing you for yeah, menopause, it's like basically. a teaser. It's like the, the trailer for Menopause the, <laughs> the Movie. Big show. aka menopause but
1: you know for some people they don't suffer at all and some people really do so if you feel like you're um you know just not yourself or any of these particular problems are starting to become an issue then you need to go see your gynecologist anything that you can do to like help mitigate those like symptoms depending on your health background sometimes there are some over-the-counter supplements that you can check out Um, I won't name them specifically, but you could talk to your doctor about it. Sometimes there can be a little bit of hormone supplementation that you can do, whether that's a birth control pill or otherwise. And then the vaginal dryness. There's lots of different things. That's a whole topic in itself.
0: Yeah, I I feel like that will have to be another another topic for another day because we've all probably... Oh, experience
1: if that you at one time have another. been on birth control pills for a long time, you've experienced it. If you have breastfed for any oh, length yeah. of time, you've experienced it. You go through menopause, you're very likely to experience it.
0: Does exercise or things like that help?
1: Hedge off some vaginal dryness. No, No, I was like, not that
0: I'm aware of. (laughs) Mike calls the opposite. No, with with menopause or perimenopause.
1: Yeah, exercise is an excellent way to increase your endorphins and get your mood in a better
0: spot. Libido more mentally
1: clear. Libido.
0: (laughs) Well, I did notice that when I came off of birth control, that things got a little bit more unpredictable for me, like. I would have like these 33 day cycles, and then I would have like a heavy one, and then I'd have a light one, and then next time it'd be like 22 days or four. I mean, so I'm already seeing that even in the age, even mid 30s. So you got off birth control? Yeah. Not to try to have children, <laughs> <but> <laughs> because other things in my family, um, other people got procedures nice to where I don't need it anymore Yay. so that but was you may you, want it that's what <laughs> you call the ultimate sacrifice well it was funny because I just I talked about staying on it because I've been on it for so long right. and I was just like almost scared for some reason to come off of it mm-hmm. so I had considered not coming off of it and my husband was like are you kidding like I did this for you to just stay on birth control. Mm. So I was like, oh, yeah, good point. I'm, I'm coming off of it. And, I mean, it was kind of a drag keeping up with it, you know, prescriptions. Yeah. and you have to go to the you, pharmacy every exactly. three to six weeks depending on how it's written. Mm-hmm. Yes. When you've been on it for 10, 12, however many years, like it's just nice not to have to be dependent on that anymore. How do you feel without it, though? I actually feel a lot better I actually I was having a major issue with headaches and migraines well I don't know if they were migraines or not but they were for ibuprofen headaches put it that way and I was and I didn't always get them during my inactive pills I didn't always get them two weeks before it just was random but somehow in my mind I had associated it with the birth control and I really haven't dealt with it as much since coming off of them so I've actually felt really a lot better But my periods have been kind of all over the place, whereas I had almost no period on the on the pill. Like that's the one thing I definitely miss. Um, But I kind of was excited to just get off of them and leave it be, see what your natural undertones are, right? Because I haven't experienced those in a really long time. So you know, there are days when it's like, okay, I feel like I'm in the eighth grade. Yeah, you know? like you feel far more emotional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's just unpredictable thing of like, oh, did I just start, you know, whereas I didn't have to worry about that for many years, but for the most part, I'm very happy being off of the pin. cool. I guess I didn't tell you that little. I know, that is tidbit. like a pearl you should have shared. <laughs> it was he it, we kept it a little under the radar until it was kind of all said and done it's like a celebrity us. wedding. Yeah, <laughs> something like that or a celebrity cosmetic procedure. Right. or whatever the world happened to Carrie Underwood or something somebody was telling me she fell down the
1: stairs and then we had a big cut on her face and then it's like PTSD from the cut on her face and then I didn't even know she had this because everybody else talked about it when she made her way back to taking photos and on the stage it was like a comeback of sorts and I was like what happened
0: she wouldn't be photographed during it right I mean like she was real sketchy about it
1: and see I have a buddy right now who's uh, dealing with some acne issues, mm-hmm. and she's very upset about it. Like, she is more upset about it than I think most people should be, but avoiding, like, going out and not oh. doing her normal stuff. because. Right. And she sent me a picture, and it just looked like something that wouldn't even write home to me. I'd be like, where's my Mac full coverage absolutely and i would have moved
0: on with life but i mean i wouldn't want it all
1: the time don't get me wrong but
0: well i think that's stop you i think that's the good thing about this like later in life acne thing like i think acne should occur later in life because it's really mean to give it to like eighth and ninth graders who are already self-conscious about literally everything right but like when you're in your 30s and 40s you're more at peace with i hope i hope for everyone and at least i hope that i can progress to feel this way more and more every day but you're a little bit more at peace with how you look and you're not as concerned well you should be yeah
1: because if you're not at peace that's like disheartening yeah because um like that's the least of my worries is being sad or disappointed with something i'm not
0: innately trying to change like who you are or Or not being comfortable with some fundamental aspect of yourself Mm -hmm. That's the beautiful thing, and that's the thing I look forward to the most is getting older. You know, and talking yeah. with my mom and other people who are in that situation. I talk to patients all the time, too, who are like, man, the 40s are the best, 50s are the best, 60s. And they all kind of say the same thing, which is that you really, they feel like they've come into themselves, and there's, they have more perspective. I even see it in them. They just don't sweat the small stuff as much. Yeah. So, that's going to be
1: great. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to 40s. Yes. I would like a
0: minus the emotional stuff that you just mentioned but we're going to manage we're going to make our way through it no i got tools in the toolbox yeah i'm good with
1: that stuff thank you for listening to beyond our lips we hope you have been entertained educated and inspired